you love Israel and you're coming to the Holy Land, you need Israel's best tour guide. See Israel like you've never seen it before. Mayor Eisenman will take you around the country for an educational and fun experience. Each tourist gets a personally designed tour based on his preferences. The land of the Bible, the land of the Tanakh, comes alive in the hands of an energetic and experienced tour guide. Visit IsraelByMayor.com. That's IsraelByMayor, M-E-I-R, or email him directly at IsraelByMayor at gmail.com. Shalom and welcome to all of you lovers of Hashem, His Torah, Israel, the Jewish people, and the Noahide people. This is Noahide Nations, and I'm your co-host, Ray Patterson, and I'd like to share with you that I'm going to be hosting the show alone today due to the fact that Adam had gotten uh, married and he is on his honeymoon. But nonetheless, I think we still have an excellent show for you because we're responding still to the desire of our listeners, and that is to hear more from Noahides. And Hashem had blessed me with the opportunity to get out to a very recent Noahide conference out in Bruceville, Texas, where I was able to do interviews with a large number of Noahides, and I think you're really going to like it. Uh, Before we get started on it, though, I, I really would like to just make a personal statement here. And, and that is to thank all of you folks, because if it weren't for you, it would be very difficult to carry on week to week to week with these shows. You give us the, the strength to do this. Of course, Hashem is always involved, but it's always great to know that we have lots of folks listening, lots of folks learning things. And I really do want to thank you for sending us your emails, because, again, without you... This show would not be possible and would not be having the success that it is having. So thank you so much to all of you from the bottom of my heart. So let's go ahead and get into some of these interviews that uh, were conducted at the conference. And please remember, this was my very first time doing uh, such a thing that's live at a conference. And uh, when you hear the phrase, flying by the seat of your pants, you're going to find out listening to this that I epitomize that statement. So let's go ahead and and get involved with it right now. And our very first guest is going to be Anita Jones, who uh, was the main person who put all of this together with a great deal of help from other folks. But I think you really like Anita. Uh, I myself love Anita. She's married to Vendel Jones, and it's their conference that this was actually done at. So please enjoy. Anita, it's great to see you again. We're here at the 2009 conference for uh, Vendel Jones Research Center, and you are the lady who's in charge of putting all this together. And I know you've had a lot of help, but you're the one is kind of the the mainstay of, of all of this. You're what makes it happen. So, so tell me, Anita, how many years have you and Vendel been putting these conferences on? Fendel began putting the conference together in 1990, and we've tried to have one every year since then. 1990. So we're talking about, what, uh, 19 years coming up on 20. That is amazing. 
Uh, I would have to say that based on that, Vendel's probably uh, the grandfather of Noahidism, if, if you will. Does that sound about right to you? That sounds good. I know there's a lot of folks here that credit Vendel from uh, getting them out of idolatry, out of Christianity, and becoming Noahides. And if it hadn't been for Vendel, a lot of these folks probably wouldn't be here and wouldn't be doing what we're doing now. So Vendel's a, a, a very important part of many people's lives here. And Vendel did a couple great uh, presentations today, too. The one on Noah's Ark was outstanding. Now, do you plan on having these uh, uh, you know, in, in the future, uh, next year? I heard somebody talk about a cruise. Is, is that good? We were thinking that uh, B'nai Noah, Noah's Ark, oh. cruise. Uh, and we thought it would be real fun to have uh, a conference on a cruise ship and kind of honor those that were there at the original conference and maybe go over some of the the talks that were given because the rabbi sent a, a delegation from Israel to help establish the first conference. And we were just wanting to honor that and honor what the rabbis did at that time. That sounds like a great idea. There's going to be uh, probably some rabbis from Israel. We're talking, you know, almost 20 years ago. Uh, weren't there some rabbis from Israel, like the chief rabbi? Wasn't he here at that time? Or? No, he sent a delegation. Okay. But he organized it, and he officially reestablished B'nai Noah in, in our time. Constantine had put an end to the rabbinic community teaching Gentiles. So Vendel right. thought that it was very, very important that a figurehead reestablish. Well, and I think that's a great idea. It helped propel this forward. In fact, uh, uh, you started having these conferences before I even knew what I was. It's funny because I, I believed the way that we believe, only I didn't know what you called it. You know, I just knew that there was something wrong in the other pew that I was in. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, my, my journey, and I've told the folks who listen, you know, they, they're well familiar with my journey. But you guys have been doing this longer than, than I've been around in the movement, and that's just amazing. And to see and talk to uh, all of these people here, so many people, Jim Long for one. I know when I, uh, I've talked with Jim, he credits Vendel with being the guy that really – got him on the path to becoming a righteous Gentile, is, is a Noahide. And let's face it, folks, without a strong woman, the man can't be too much. I mean, you got to have the strong woman. And you've been there for Vendel. Vendel's gone on a number of digs. He has uh, had Torah classes. He is forever teaching Torah classes to Gentiles. He's, a, he's an amazing individual, and, and I have a feeling we're not going to be able to track him down to sit in on one of these, but uh, it, it's, it's always great to, to see Vendel. So uh, you've got a number of speakers here. I know today we did uh, quite a bit on the Noahide laws. How were we able to arrange all that? I understand there were some quick uh, changes that had happened in the schedule. I, there's been a lot going on I, I wasn't aware of. Well, thank God we have people uh, willing to step up and fill in, and you did a fantastic job. We enjoyed your presentation well, so much. Thank you. I know it uh, got Rabbi Avenir's attention, didn't it? <laughs> so it's always good when you can get his attention. 
Uh, it was fun, and I enjoyed doing it, and I enjoyed listening to the others speak on uh, the seven laws. And I saw they were videotaping it, so I'm assuming this is all going to be available at some point uh, where people can probably what go to your website and purchase these, or Absolutely. how's that going? Okay, are you going to have just CDs also, or is it going to be just the the DVDs and in video? We will have it available in both. Oh, okay, great. Well, you'll have to to let us know, and we can make an announcement to all the folks, let them know that they're available, and uh, uh, get a web address where they can go and and purchase these. Because I know there's a lot of folks that wish they could have been here, that couldn't make it for whatever reason, that will have an opportunity to be there uh, as best they possibly can via the, the videos. So that's a, a wonderful thing. Now, this whole cruise thing, when is this going to be happening? Any idea? Oh, there's a cruise going out of uh, Galveston uh, around April, about the time that they had the first conference. And okay. we were looking seriously at that. It'll be a, just a three-day cruise. But one day at sea down to Cancun, they playing around Cancun, and then a day back. I'll bet you have to pull some teeth to get approval from Bendel on that, right? He probably wants, if we're going to do a cruise, we're going over to where Noah's Ark was found. I can, I can see it now. But his presentation on Noah's Ark, it should be on National Geographic as far as I'm concerned. There's just uh, so much information there. Uh, I know there's always going to be the doubters, people who say, oh, no, it never existed. Oh, that's just a you know, mountain on the side. Uh, 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 just, it looks like an ark. just happened to look like it. But Vendel comes forth with a lot of powerful uh, information. And if it weren't for somebody like you, he wouldn't have the time to do the researches discover these things uh, the uh, now was he there when they actually discovered the ark or uh, is he close friends with the individual who discovered it or how did all this relationship start uh, no uh, he wasn't at that time but uh, he was the expert on Josephus that they sent over to make sure that everything lined up according to what Josephus said oh, so okay. that's how he got to be okay well, he's made some major strides because I've never really heard him talk about it at the level he talked about it now. So it does seem like he's put in a lot of time and energy in the research on this. So that's uh, fabulous. Does he plan on writing a book on this, maybe? He's in the process of putting together. He, well, it starts out as articles, and then as we add more information and more of the pictures that he has. I don't think that these pictures are available anywhere else. Fennel just has an incredible amount of documentation on this subject, and you can't find it in any museum. And hmm. this is such an incredible find. You would think that museums would be full of the information. You would think, but there's a, a lot of folks out there that just don't want to believe in the whole God thing, you know. Uh, it, it's very sad, but one day we know from prophecy they'll all stand back and go, oh, I knew that. Hopefully we'll be able to get a chance to, uh, to talk with uh, Vendel. Um, I appreciate you stopping by here at the conference. We're going to be talking to a lot of Noahides. Now, is Vendel going to be putting up these pictures of what he did today up on the website? Is it already on the website? How can people find out uh, about this? 
Uh, we're putting together a DVD that okay. will have more information and have the voiceovers. Okay, so so there's nothing on the website Not yet as far as pictures that people could go. Well, I know you've got a, a really nice website, so why don't you give the uh, folks the web address where they can go and see work that Vendel has actually done. I'm not. I don't really know the website myself. Do Do you recall what it is? It's uh, Benay Noah. Dot net. Uh, is it dot net? I think so. Okay. But well, they, they can look under Vendel Jones and it will Okay, do a it. keyword search on Vendel Jones. That's V-E-N-D-Y-L Jones. And you'll get to uh, their fabulous website that has a lot of the work that Vendel has already done in finding the city of Gilgal. He's uh, excavated one of the uh, containers holding the oil. He has found the elements to make the incense, uh, all of which has been verified by authorities. So Vendel's done a lot of work, and folks, I would highly recommend going to their website and seeing the, the work of a man that a lot of Noahides look to and thank for becoming Noahides. And Anita, I want to thank you for taking the time. I know you're real busy, so I'm going to let you go, but I want to thank you for sharing a little time with uh, me and the listeners. Thank you. Okay, you take care. We'll talk later. I've got a good friend of mine here uh, by the name of Glenn Magnuson. Uh, We've studied an enormous amount of Torah together on uh, Shabbat and a number of other times. We've celebrated in the during the festivals. We've all gotten together, and we've just had uh, some great times. And uh, Glenn, uh, come on in here. I appreciate you taking some time out here at the conference to sit and chat with us a little bit. Oh, happy to do so, right? <laughs> uh, I, I see that uh, you've got your wife here and your daughter's running around, so uh, it's kind of a, a, a family ordeal at the uh, VJRI conference 2009. A uh, big surprise and a big blessing from Hashem, and I was able to have them come here suddenly. So I'm really thrilled and excited at the moment. Well, so tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. I mean, I know quite a bit about you, obviously, but the folks would, you know, want to hear a little bit about you, too. Uh, seems we've got you on the show. When when did you become a Noahide? What was kind of the, uh, the, the force behind all of this? Okay, well, it all started in uh, the town of Colleen, Texas. I was looking at the newspaper and happened to the religious section. It talked about this guy, Vendel Jones, was going to be at the community center talking about his dig in, uh, in Israel. And that was interesting, so I went and attended that. And I was fascinated by his presentation. Now, this is when he was looking for the ark. Correct. Okay. Yeah, fascinating presentation. And uh, this is about 10 years ago. And from there, I probably got on a mailing list or something. I believe probably an email list or something like that. And uh, they had a conference later up in uh, Dallas, and I attended that conference. It was phenomenal. And I happened to meet a couple of ladies there, which you may interview sometime or another, uh, Gloria and Karen. Right, right, right. Yeah, I need to trap them over here, too. (laughs) (laughs) I said, there's some other people from your town here. I said, okay. She happens to meet them there. Hi. So, okay. But um, we started going to Bendel's house after that for a little bit for some tourist studies he would have. Heard about the conference. And uh, I was still... Still into Christianity mm-hmm. as well, and I was very comfortable at Vendel's because I could go and do a Noahide thing, and, you know, listen to what the Noahides had to say. I wasn't as comfortable joining um, Karen and Gloria at their homes for their Shabbats and stuff. In fact, I didn't do it for a year or two mm-hmm. because when you get in a small group, then you're putting out your opinions, and I didn't want to influence another 
group. This is a Noahide thing. They didn't want to go in there and subvert right. a Noahide. Right. And uh, so I kept my opinions mostly to myself. People knew who I was. I wasn't secretive about who I was. I was very open about what I believed. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, you had a conference not too long ago out there in... Uh, Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. Right, Fort Lauderdale. right. And uh, where you had the Bed Inn, and I made my commitment at the Bed Inn after prayer, talking to my wife, did some prayer up on the rooftop of the Hilton Hotel there. Always a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and it was very apparent to me it was exactly what Hashem wanted me to do. Excellent. And uh, so that's probably my story. So it's been a well, long time. Uh, you've, you've been on the road for a long time, and that's one of the most important things is having the heart Hashem, having a heart for the truth. Forget about where it falls. What is the truth? That's what I want. And, you know, i got to tell you, out at the conference, uh, I noticed a change in you. I don't know what it was, or maybe it was just something where our, our souls were connecting in a different way or something, but I had noticed that there, there was a change. And, you know, of course, I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off, so I, you know, was thinking, well, maybe I'm half crazy, too, and my wife needs to call the rubber truck. But I, I recall the taking the, the pledge. In fact, I was in there, what was it, about 50, 60 people that, that went through there with the rabbis. Right. Uh, so that was a, a, a phenomenal, phenomenal time. And you did a, a great lecture today on uh, which, which law did you cover? Was it uh, sexual immorality? <laughs> yes, 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 uh, which is uh, always a tough one. Uh, and yet you did a, a phenomenal job on it. So uh, I think a lot of people got a lot out of it. In fact, the whole day today uh, was basically about the seven Noahide laws in some detail. So we got a, a lot done, and it's amazing how much you think you know. And then when you listen to some people really talk in depth about it, you find out, oh, gosh, you know what, I don't know much. And that's how it is, and that's part of the awesomeness of Hashem. But uh, you've been you've been around for a while, and uh, uh, how is your wife doing? I, I know that uh, uh, she's been having some issues. She's doing okay now? She's feeling pretty good? She's feeling pretty good. She's uh, she's had some issues, and we've had some wonderful help from Miriam and other sources, people's prayers. Great. People's prayer groups have been fantastic. And, Great. And uh, about the most impressive thing is my wife's spirits have been fantastic. She's a... Uh, she, she's been handicapped oh, for about 13 years. She had a stroke at 33. And uh, so that I'll probably give her age if I'm not careful there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I might be able to cut that out. I'll, I'll have to see how it sounds. That's, that's fine. <laughs> she's a youngin' still. But, um, well, yeah, and she was, uh, I went over and saw her. And uh, she was just, you know, uh, smiles from ear to ear. Yeah, we're, Miriam has come up with some boosters for your happiness and joy for the spirit that help fight depression. Great. We're, we're using those those tools to help us. It is Hashem who does everything, and uh, we're just using the tools that he has provided for us. And all, Absolutely. All of it is Hashem. Great. And, uh, now, are you still uh, getting involved with the guys in Colleen for Torah study, or are you still doing Shabbat? I mean, what's happening? It's been a while since I've been there. Ah, Shabbat is wonderful. Still get with the... Uh, with John and Gloria Culver and with uh, Tom and Karen Maitland and, and Linda Flora comes down. It's just really wonderful. Um, and we get uh, occasionally other people. We've had Adam as our big loss because we yeah. had him for a while. We were so sorry <laughs> to lose Adam Penrod. Yeah. He's married. We're hoping they'll decide they need to move back to our area. It's well, I'm feeling the loss, too. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing the show on my own because he's on his honeymoon. Yeah. So, which, you know, of course, congratulations, Adam. But, you know, we're looking forward to having him back. But I know he was a, a, a big part 
of the group down there for even the short time he had impact. So that's a, that's a good thing. Absolutely. I just want to say something on the air about Adam Penrod. I, we went to his wedding where I was sitting. He was framed by this big, beautiful tree standing by the water. And all I could think of was Psalms 1. He'll be like a tree planted by the waters that brings forth its fruit in its season. Mm-hmm. It was just incredible. Hashem just laid it all out there physically to see. There was no doubt. So I, every time I think of Adam as way, Psalms 1. It so was Psalms 1, think of Adam. <laughs> it was a beautiful setting, and Rabbi uh, Chaim Richmond did the officiating there. There were a lot of people, and you couldn't ask for a better day. The previous day, it had just rained like heck for a good part of the day, and then the next day, it was like uh, rain had never happened. Uh, it was just beautiful. The whole setting was magnificent, and it was really uh, it was a second wedding that I had gone to, but really the others weren't really a wedding. In fact, it was a third one. But this was like the actual first Noahide wedding where they were actually getting married. This was the first time they were actually conducting the ceremony. So it was it was very cool. I'm hoping you're uh, – I know it was filmed, and uh, I'm hoping that it gets recorded and becomes accessible maybe on your website or something. For other people, it's not to say this is how a Noahide wedding has to be done because we don't have right. rules on that. Right. But to give people things to look at and say, ah, this is great because it was a marvelous wedding. I mean, I would love to see my, my own daughters do something very similar. Well, I think, uh, and I've been talking with the uh, videographer, and we're talking about being able to take that and package it and ultimately be able to take a number of these weddings that get filmed and kind of make a catalog of ideas, catalog of options that Noahides can have for their wedding. Because like you say, there is no hard and fast halakhic rulings on any of this. So we're pretty much open, which is probably the hardest thing. Because you're, you're so open to options, you don't know where to start or what to do. So that's what kind of gave us the idea, well, gosh, why don't we start with Adam and Melinda's wedding? We'll film it, and we'll go ahead and release it. Uh, you know, you can, everyone will be able to share in their joy and everyone that was there. But at the same time, and more importantly, if there's Noahides, young Noahides out there getting married, it gives you some ideas, a place to start. And the more weddings we have and get them on film, we can then kind of make this you know, video catalog, if you will. And uh, so we're hoping to, to have that, and Adams will be the, the first one. So it'll be, it'll be good. In fact, his wedding was, was great. Yeah, and um, it's one end of the spectrum, and the other end of the spectrum by Halakha for a Noahide is they just have to decide to be married. Right. Legal license required if you're going to be in a state that requires it. Right. This is, we do follow the, the law of the land. Law of the land, which right. is part of the establishment courts of justice, mm-hmm. as we have learned today. <laughs> as we have learned today in detail. <laughs> so, Glenn, listen, it was great for you to stop by and, and say hi to the folks for us. I hope we can you know, maybe snag your daughter or your wife, but I know they're running around, but we'll see how it all works out. But I want to thank you for coming by, and it's always good to see you. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Ray. So we'll, we'll hook up with you later on. Okay. Thanks a lot. Well, folks, there you have a couple interviews to get the show launched for this week. Uh, we're kind of brushing up against the bottom of the hour, and we're going to have to take a break here uh, any moment. 
So on the other side, we will be coming back. We will have more interviews uh, with Noahides at this uh, Noahide conference for the Vendel Jones Research Institute. And I would like to also say that I was a little lax in my housekeeping at the top of the hour. I had thanked you all for sending your emails, and I really do appreciate it. And forgot to give you the email address that you can continue to do so. And that email address, folks, is... Noahide at IsraelNationalRadio.com So let's go ahead, join me in taking this break, and we will catch you on the other side. Israel National Radio is a very unique presence on the World Wide Web, and it's worthy of your support. Even as little as $10 a month consistently given can make a difference. You receive a lot freely from Israel National Radio, so it makes sense to give something back, doesn't it? I can tell you that if all the listeners to Israel National Radio gave $10 a month each, we could dramatically expand the programming. I don't take much time on the program to talk about supporting the work of Israel National Radio, but I think it's important to show gratitude for the resources brought to you each day here. Welcome back, folks. Due to time constraints, let's just go ahead and jump into the next set of interviews. I have a very good friend of mine here who I've just met recently who happens to be here at the conference, and I uh, went out and grabbed him and dragged him on over here. And for purposes that you'll understand here in a moment, I'm going to go and call him Mr. R. So, Mr. R., welcome to the show. You're on Israel National Radio on the Noahide Nation Show. Thank you very much, Ray. It's really good to be here. Well, Mr. R., uh, as I just mentioned to our listeners, we want him to, I want him to understand why very quickly here so they don't have to worry about who the heck is this guy that raised guy on the, on the show so mr r i understand that you used to smuggle bibles you're now a noahide and yes. you told me this story about smuggling bibles so why don't you share some of that with the audience i was a christian missionary for about nine years and we were a very discreet mission group uh, they still do exist we would smuggle Bibles into Red China, and I started in 99, and I, along with other Christians from around the world, we'd always, uh, we did it certain ways. Uh, we did it through airports, and we did it through um, Hong Kong area. We would have the Bibles written in Mandarin Chinese, uh, shipped to Hong Kong, where Bibles are legal, and we would run them into um, the pedestrian ports through Shenzhen, China, which is the communist side of China on right, the Hong right. Kong side. And I did that for nine years. Wow, and you're still alive. Uh, you, well, must, you must have been highly successful. I, I, um, I, I did have a, um, probably the best success rate of the group that I know. I made more than 250 crossings with the Bibles, and I was only caught seven times. Is that a Guinness record? That's, from what I understand, it's the, the best of the group that I was with, yes. Uh, okay. And it's one of the things that made me realize there is certain ways how I was praying, and um, the other people in the group were not so lucky. 
I, I knew that there was um, some something I, I wasn't getting. Uh, even though we were not evangelizing missionaries, um, you know, all we did we ran Bibles to the underground house churches and and uh, Christian churches in China. We did a lot of Bible study. Right. One of the things that I kept on just running into roadblocks with the New Testament the whole time I was a Christian. I just stayed silent about it. You know this trinity doctrine um you know i just could not grasp this notion one plus one plus one equals one i I just (laughs) i just i I never got that the torah uh not the old testament but the torah right um says clearly god is not a man there's other things in the new testament that i just could not grasp so it sounds to me like during your time smuggling these Bibles, you were sincerely seeking the truth and yes. questioning. And even though you thought you were doing a mitzvot, you still had this weird feeling that something isn't right going on here. And, and, and it's kind of brought you to where you are today. There was a major incident that happened one time. This happened all the way back in 2004, 2005. Everybody was just getting caught. Now, China, whenever they catch foreigners for religious crimes, they almost never prosecute. They usually just fine them or they just kick them out of the country and deport them. All they did with me was just fine me. You know, that's all they did with me. But everybody else, some of the people weren't so lucky. And everybody was getting fined. It was costing the ministry money. So we had to have a meeting. And here's me. I was never getting caught, just about. At that time, I was maybe... Almost a hundred times I crossed, and I only got caught like, caught like three times. And everybody else was getting caught like fifty percent of the time, and wow. we were just we were just losing money left and right. So we're all we're in this room, we're on circle. So what are we going to do? And then it was going through my mind. I said, I've got to tell him. I've got to tell him. And I suggested this. I said, How about we pray to God directly instead of Jesus? Oh boy! Oh, I bet you could have heard a pin drop. Yeah. After oh that no, one. no, no! It was the other way around. Oh. They, they they jumped on me so fast. <laughs> they they said, "Oh, how dare you think God hears your prayers more than everybody else is here? How dare you think that? That is so arrogant of you to say that." And I'm like, oh, "I don't think God likes me any more than anybody else, but He does hear prayers more than certain other prayers." Right. And that's all I was trying to tell them. Uh, that's all it was. And it was that incident right there that made me realize, okay, I'm doing something different. Now, was I totally right with God? No. Uh, but God, Hashem, was giving me hints, okay, you're getting closer. Right. You're getting closer. Keep going. Keep right. going. You're getting closer. You're getting closer. And so I, I knew that there's something I wasn't getting. Right. And there's other incidents while I was in China all those years. It just wasn't really, didn't really fit in with the New Testament. Like, for example, the New Testament in the book of Mark uh, says all foods are declared safe, as you know. Okay, well, Chinese people eat pork like it's going out of style. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just looked at that. Uh, that was one of the first things that started to make me question the New Testament. Uh, they have the highest suicide rate in the world, mm. if, not, if not it's very close. And they also have the highest mental illness rate, I believe. I uh, never knew that. Oh, uh, well, it's it's very close to the highest. Um, okay. I, I, I could be wrong, but if I am wrong, I'm not wrong by much. I okay. mean, every day we would uh, read, read the English newspaper. I mean, you'd hear about all these suicides. I mean, there's something about this pork that just doesn't do your brain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's, oh, maybe the Jews are right. Nah, I don't know. I, I believe in the New Testament. You know, right. I was in those days. <laughs> and so the, so the thing is, it just one thing just led to another, and I kept on getting that incident, and I started getting other questions about the New Testament. And I would try to talk to Christian pastors 
I said, you know, because like I said before, we do a lot of Bible study, and the more I studied, the more questions I would come up with this New Testament. And Christian pastors, I would get, they say, okay, well, you got to read more, you got to read more, you got to read more. Well, that's exactly what I did. That's why I left Christianity. That's what kept bringing the question. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I, you know, fitting the New Testament in the Torah is like fitting square pegs in a round hole. I just got sick and tired of doing it. I knew there's something wrong. Right. And then I did something that I never did before. Uh, in my room, um, we were online. I found this rabbi in Chicago. I said, instead of talking to these Christian pastors about Mosaic Law, here's a great idea. How about I ask an expert in Mosaic Law? How about I ask a Jewish rabbi? Imagine that. What a yeah. concept. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how about I finally ask an expert? You know, I mean, that, that really may help. Someone who knows that two and two is four. Uh, a little bit better than most, I, yeah. I think so. So, anyways, I I said, excuse me, um, Rabbi, I won't say his name on the air. I sent him an email. I said, um, I'm a missionary in China. I, I didn't tell him what I was doing. Right. I said, don't worry, I'm not a, I'm not trying to proselytize or anything like that. I have a serious question, and I'm getting the runaround. And I, I asked him a question about Mosaic Law, and he popped it to me just like this. He didn't give me any shade of gray. He didn't. I mean, he just gave it right back instantly. Right. I was like, wow. So I, I kind of always felt this. I, I mean, I felt this. It was true. And so then I asked him another um, a question about this this situation. And you got to keep in mind, I didn't know what the seven laws were at that time. Right. Then I, I was looking on his, I found he has a website and I was fishing around his website. And I saw a video that says, um, how a non-Jew can achieve salvation. Right. And he talks about the seven laws. Okay. And I saw it, and I was like, what are these seven laws? I said, I, I, don't, I don't get it. How come I've never heard? I've, I've been in ministry for the, almost 10 years. I've never heard about these seven laws. I, I figured I should have heard something. about. I didn't know anything. So I, I started emailing him about the seven laws. And you know what I, I was doing at that time? You know, in the Tanakh, it teaches how men of foreign will tug at the Right. Right. He will tug on the um he'll he will tug on a Jew for um for the mitzvahs. We've heard God is with you. Alright, we've heard God is with you, take us with you. Okay. Yes. That's exactly what I was doing and I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. I was finally asking one of God's chosen right. you know, what it takes, which is what I should have been doing all along. And once I found out I got myself I finally got myself a Tanakh that is endorsed, that was endorsed by God's Chosen. Instead of uh, the King James, right. NIV, NA, PTA, whatever it is. Right. I, uh, I finally got myself a real Bible that was fully endorsed by Orthodox Judaism. I mean, the original of God's Chosen. And I put that Bible right next to the King James Version. And it's a miracle I didn't end up in a coma when I found out what all has been changed. Mm. It was, I mean, I was just floored. I was frightened. I said, oh my, I, I've just been lied to my whole life just about. Oh, yeah. So um, began the roller coaster ride. Yes, yes. And then when I came back, um, I, I was kind of started. I started talking to, I contacted, the first per- people I contacted was an Orthodox synagogue mm-hmm. when I came home. And um, I called them and uh, they gave me phone numbers to certain people. And here I am. So okay. who is the certain people? Who would you? Uh, <laughs> you be, want me to name names? Beyond the rabbi, I think I already know who it is. Yeah, okay. But beyond the <laughs> rabbi, who was it that was instrumental in your life to where you finally sat back and said, "Ah, I have found it." Uh, the rabbi in Chicago. He told me to keep in touch with him. 
Oh, good. And I have. He knows I'm I'm here. Great. I'll, I'll, I'll love to see him someday. And tomorrow I'll be making my Biaden declaration, which is going to be great. Right. And I just felt like, you know, I finally found something. The book of Psalms says, you know, search for something in the ancient. Okay. Well, the seven laws are ancient. Yes. They're the, it's the oldest religion, it's, if you will. It's older than Judaism. That sounds yeah. ancient to me. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't get more ancient than that. And now here I am, and I'm going to make the Beatin Declaration of the Seven Laws. That's a, a huge, huge step. So yes, yes. I congratulate you. It's, it's a momentous day for you. Come tomorrow. Yes, yes, it will be. Because you've been on this journey for a long time. A and long doing, time. And you doing know, many great things along the way. I mean, your heart was right. Your heart was in the right place. And for most of us, Noah Hyde, we were there. We weren't smuggling Bibles. <laughs> uh, we were a little lower profile. But, you know, we all had a heart for Hashem. There was something there. It was just, uh, you know, in fact, I heard it mentioned today that, you know, maybe in a previous life uh, we were a Jewish soul. And, you know, uh, yeah, no, maybe, who knows. But there was always something there. And I found that the majority of people, Noahides that I've spoken to, they were always doing mitzvot. They just didn't know it. And it sounds like you were doing the exact same thing, doing what you thought was right. You were helping people, putting your yourself at risk and here you are today and making a major statement come tomorrow and taking this place yes yes and indeed it will and i mean i don't have any shame what i did at all no, um that's no. uh, part of your journey yeah it's a part of everyone i can't wait till the movie journey. comes out <laughs> well, <laughs> i don't know who's gonna play mr r uh, mr r yeah they'll get brad pitt or something like that. but uh but yeah, it's um, I, I have come a long way, and uh, I fully have not come out to my Christian friends yet. I have come out to some, right. and the way I the way I starting to do that, um, I got one of my friends at Tanakh, and I, I wanted to show him the same things that I see, mm-hmm. and I say, hey, look, look, look at all the scriptures that's been changed. Right. Look at all this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this. Uh, why don't we let the Jews, God's chosen? Why don't we as Gentiles let them do what God intended them to be? Right, the light of the world. Okay. The priestly nation. Yes. Why don't we let them do their job right. and let's support them? I mean, read the scriptures that they endorse, okay? And if they don't endorse something, you need to take note of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I mean, for if there's any, like, I, I can already feel that there's probably a bunch of Christians right now listening to me saying, you know something, I, I, I don't tell people, but I've always questioned this Trinity doctrine myself and... You know, and I, I don't know who to go to, and, but I know if I go to, you know, my church, and they'll get mad at me. Well, you know, it's the same philosophy when you ask a barber if you need a haircut. Right. Like I said, let God's chosen be the light. If you really, just stop questioning yourself. If you want to find out what exactly you as a non-Jew, what God wants you to be, just go to any synagogue, preferably an Orthodox one, just ask the rabbi. What are the seven laws? What are what does God expect of me? They will point you in the right direction. Right. They may not have somebody on staff that can help you at that time, but I promise you they will point you in the right direction. They know they have to do that. God requires them to do that. Mm-hmm. So stop fitting square pegs and round holes with questionable doctrine and finally get the truth. And you heard it first here, folks, from Mr. R., who is here with me at the 2009 Vendel Jones Research Center's 2009 conference. Mr. R., it was great to have you with us. Great to be here. 
and I look forward to talking with you here more at the conference. You take care, and again, congratulations. I look forward to seeing you do your uh, pledge tomorrow. Should Thanks, be man. Should be a great moment in your life. Yes, it will. Thanks again. Thanks. Hello, folks. We're still here at the Noahide Conference, the Vendel Jones Research Institute Conference 2009 here in Bruceville, Texas. And I've got another guest here with us, a person I just met for the very first time here at the conference. His name is Frank Latito, is it? Lotito, L-O-T-I-T-O. Okay, well, Frank, welcome to the show. We appreciate you stopping by and saying hey to the, the listeners. And I'm kind of curious because this is the first conference that I've actually met you at. I've been to a a number of these before. What brought you to this conference? Well, um, I first learned out about the uh, Noahides back around uh, the end of December of uh, last year. I live in um, I live in Oklahoma, and okay. I started going to uh, Emmanuel Synagogue in Oklahoma City on Saturday. Right. And this one fellow who was also a Gentile, he and I uh, had gone to somebody's uh, bat mitzvah, and then uh, I just that that one side I just decided to go and somebody was getting bat mitzvah so after that was over we went to have a little uh, fellowship dinner and this uh, fellow Fred he's in line behind me and he was talking to somebody and I found out he was a gentile and everything so I said well I gotta talk to you so then he's the one that told me about the Noahides uh-huh. so uh, I started uh, looking at on the internet for everything about Noahides and uh, you know my past I was uh, raised as Catholic okay. my, uh, one thing my uh, mother did good was she made Made me uh, go to church on the, every Sunday, pointing me uh, toward God. Right. So I thank, right. I tell everybody about that, and I uh, thank her for that. Oh yeah, my <laughs> wife was uh, raised Catholic, and you know, it, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we've right. all sat in the same pew that you did. Right. We've exactly. All, we've all been there. So right. uh, there's no reason to consider that. <laughs> A discouragement because most of us have been on that journey, and we all are here now, but that's because we have a sincere desire for the truth. We want to learn the truth, and right. Hashem brings us uh, step by step, or some people say faith to faith. Right, okay. At your pace. Well, he knows what we can handle, and he paces us according to what we can handle. Right. And I like to use a, a simple example because I'm a simple kind of guy, and that's an infant. You do not feed an infant steak. Right. Why? Because he'll choke on it. And this is no different than that in, exactly. in its simplest terms <clears throat> because we have to be spoon-fed. And Hashem knows what we can handle. Right. And for those who are genuinely seeking the truth about him, regardless of where it falls, they will get spoon-fed. Right. And they will eventually have that 10 years, 15, <clears throat> 20 years behind them. Whatever it takes. Exactly. <clears throat> Exactly. So after I left the Catholic Church around 77, I stopped going because the Mass no longer did anything for me. But at that point in time, even when I left, I knew God would bring me back to going to church because I know if I stopped going to church altogether, I'd get away from God. Right. So then around 8385, I, uh, uh, somebody in my uh, bicycle club told me about this uh, Protestant church. So I started going there and I uh, got myself a Bible. Uh, I think it was a New American Standard Bible or something. Later I went to the King James Bible, which I always thought was the true right. uh, Bible, right. <laughs> as a lot of people claim it is. Right. And I was into Protestantism, mostly uh, Baptist churches and others, until about uh, 1992 where somebody from my Christian uh, singles told me about this messianic group up in northern New Jersey. Okay. Sounds uh, familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I uh, went to that group, and uh, that group and my singles group were both on Friday. The singles group didn't see me for the next three months. And used to say I went from a Christian to a messianic, where I found out about the truth about Sabbath, the true rest day of the Lord, and the feast of the Lord. 
as compared to uh, Sunday, Easter, Christmas. Right. And I go forward. I don't look back. Back, look, that's just memories. That's all you my can past. do. That's it. All you do is recognize it as part of my journey to get to right, where I exactly. am today. Now that, not, now that I'm in control and I understand the truth, now I can move <clears> forward. That's so. right. So then I uh, eventually I had uh, moved up to Maine to be at the so-called Christian community. They were Sabbath keepers, and I was there five years, but... People, especially higher ups, were doing right, so it fell apart. And then, once I left there, I uh, was up in New York State for a few months, and then eventually I moved to Oklahoma City. I, I mean, excuse me, Oklahoma. And uh, August, uh, and then I'd gone to some uh, you no know, Christian churches because I didn't know any messianic uh, groups. So I went online on the internet, and I found some, and I started got back with the messianic groups where I felt comfortable. And then August of last year, this one girl, she had uh, come to a Sabbath day. Uh, Torah service I was going to, a messianic service, and after the service was over, some of us went to her house, she lived a few blocks away, she had some Judiaca from uh, Israel right. that she would sell on eBay, and uh, after they were looking at that, they left, and she and I was talking, she told me about the truth about Jesus Christ, not being the Son of God, etc., etc., and... Uh, so anyway, she also turned me on to Rabbi Tovia Singer. Ah, yes. Outreachjudaism.org. Yeah, some of you are familiar <laughs> with uh, Rabbi Tovia Singer, aren't you? <laughs> so anyway, uh, I found out, I saw that in 1995, that website to keep Jews Jewish, but even Rabbi Singer was in for a great surprise yes. by the number of Gentiles that read his website. In fact, one of his stories is, uh, what's the Baptist minister did to do, uh, convert? <laughs> right. Well, he doesn't know this. As, as much as he probably ought to, mm-hmm. and I know that he would love hearing it, but he is the the kind of guy who created a program, like you say, for the Jews, trying to bring the mm-hmm. Jews back to Keep Torah. Keep them Jewish, right. Little did he know the impact that it would right. have on Gentiles. Yep. And that mm-hmm. man, through his work, unbeknownst to him, has turned more people from Christianity into Noahide than possibly anyone I even, I even know. Or even, or even Christian uh, yeah. to Judaism, because uh, people they go. Can go either Noahide or Judaism. Well, we, we look at Noahide as being uh, a well, part of Judaism. I guess you could say it's uh, Judaism for Gentiles. Uh, yeah, it's, it's different in the sense that we're all here for the same reason. Our roles in that goal are right. different. They have ten laws. They're the priestly nation. We have seven. We're the congregation. Right. Uh, and that is in its simplest form. Actually, well, yeah, we actually we have, I think it was 66 mitzvahs altogether. Well, they, if they you look s- at the whole thing and it's they, in all the subdivisions. I've had rabbis <clears> tell <throat> me that, right, you have seven, they evolve into 66, some say <clears throat> 70, but e- either way, they, it evolves into thousands. Right. And, and it's the same with the 10, 6, 13, right. into thousands. Right, like a lot of people have that uh, misconception that uh, the Jews have to keep 613 laws, but if you actually yeah. look at the truth of it, any one Jew only has to keep the ones applying to him. Exactly. So it's far, far less than 613. And also, like, I think it's in Deuteronomy, where, or it's Exodus, I think it was, I forget now, where Hashem said that he's given the, these laws to you, talking to the Jewish people, and these laws are not hard to keep. As compared no. to what the New Testament says. Right. In fact, uh, he says the Torah is not in the heavens. The Torah is here. Right. And basically that means it is here. It's for you. It's for you to understand. <clears throat> it's easy to understand if you but do the homework. 
Right. And it sounds like you've done some homework. I'll right. bet you've learned quite a bit here just at this conference. Yes, I have. <laughs> oh, very good. There's just so much. I mean, just trying to memorize it all, it's oh, like uh, it's kind of, it. it can get overwhelming. Forget it. Wait till the tapes come out. And yep. you'll, you will view those a number of times, too, because you can't get it all. That's why in Judaism they read the Parsha year after year after year. They, they just, do, you know, yeah. And, and there's a reason for that. That's right. The more you it, learn, the, the more, you, more you can repetition, learn. Repetition, learning by repetition. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Frank, listen, uh, it looks like the crowd is uh, getting bigger in here, so I need to grab some more folks. And uh, I know that they're going to be doing a declaration baked in, and that's going to be happening any moment. But listen, Frank, thank you so much for stopping by. It was a big pleasure to meet you. Nice speaking to you, and uh, I enjoy your uh, program that I I would listen to you guys on uh, No Hard Nation on on, uh, on Israel, Israel National, National Radio. Radio. Right, right, right. Well, good. You'll be able to download this one and, yep. and keep it for posterity, as they say. All right. You, uh, have <laughs> Thank, a good day. Thanks again, Frank. Folks, I really got to run, but we'll see you next week for much more fun. Elon White's a certified electrician, and what I like about it is he only uses Jewish labor. This time we went for a professional because I said, enough, I want somebody who's going to get it done right. It was so nice to have somebody who spoke English. And he came in, he put the ceiling fan in. We were very, very happy with him. Need an electrician? Jerusalem, Gush Etzion, and throughout Israel for installations of Shabbos clocks, fans, indoor and outdoor lighting, and much, much more. Email E-L-A-N-W-H-I-T-E at gmail.com. That's ElonWhite at gmail.com. Camp Mosheva of Wild Rose is excited to announce the opening of our new playground at Aquapark Lake, featuring a giant water slide, trampoline, and much more. Camp Mosheva of Wild Rose has built a great tradition of fun and friendship for over 70 years in a great religious Zionist program. We offer a $1,000 new camper incentive. Spaces are still available for campers in grades 3 to 10. Call us at 847-674-9733 or visit www.moshevawildrose.com. 